Welcome to Part of Me, the Celebrating Disability podcast. Interviews with disabled people talking about their experiences of being in the workplace, looking at the good, the bad, the amusing, and sometimes the downright ugly. Disabled people bring a wealth of experience and skills into the work environment. This podcast is designed for listeners to understand the benefits of supporting a disabled employee to achieve. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in. There are lots of myths and misconceptions surrounding disability that can prevent an employer seeing the benefits of having a disabled person in the workforce. Within this podcast, we will talk to disabled people from a variety of career backgrounds to discover how they manage their disability at work, sharing advice to managers and other disabled people to ensure inclusion. Hello everybody, thank you again for joining us for another podcast, Part of Me. This is episode 11 now of Part of Me, and we're here with our 11th interviewee, so we're just going to get straight on with it. As with every podcast, if you have any comments or questions after this podcast, is that we would love to hear from them, and I'd love to know how you feel and what, who you think that you would like to hear next. So please do get in touch, and any comments for our interviewees, they will be passed along as well. So we're here today, and I'm just going to introduce the next person. So hello. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us today. Pleasure. Can I just ask who you are and what you do? Indeed. Um, my name's Peter Hull. I'm 52. I live in Southampton. It sounds like a dating app. <laughs> um, I was born with with no legs and my arms arms ending um, at the elbow. I'm not thalidomide. Some people think, consider I am, but mm. I'm, I'm actually too too young for that. But it's obviously similar to my symptoms. Um, from a very young age, uh, I was encouraged to be to be physically active. I became, became very much aware that I'm going to be very reliant on my upper body to do pretty much everything from eating, drinking, dressing, getting around. It was all going to be, it's all going to be through my, through my upper body. And it was swimming that I took up. Mm-hmm. Good all-round exercise. It's good cardiovascular exercise. So good for your heart and lungs. Yeah. Usually in major, major muscle, muscle groups. Um, Long story short, I was encouraged to competition and went on to compete as a junior and as a senior. Um, got selected to represent my country at the uh, 88 um, Seoul Paralympics. Wow. Which was, was a bit of a mind blowing exercise yeah, at the time. Yeah, I can I imagine. You know, all my swimming up until then had all, all just been as local galas and, and stuff. So to actually be identified as being good enough to represent your country, um, you know, was quite quite daunting. Um, went out there, competed in four races, came fourth in all my races. Oh my gosh! So just outside the medal, some people regard as probably the worst position you can get because you're just outside, just outside those medals. Okay. Um, but they're all personal bests, mm. so that kind of motivated me. Yeah. Hey, okay, well I'll. You know, I'd like to maybe go on to the next next games, um, which you know, all the training paid off. 
um, went to Barcelona in '92. Wow. Um, and came back with three goals. Oh my God, that's incredible! You know, so Congratulations, a, a twenty up, years yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and after after Barcelona, I sort of took decision to sort of take a sort of step back from, from competition. I it became very apparent to me that I, my quality of life had improved, both physically, mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. because of being being physically active. And so I wanted to give something back. Um, so I got into sports development. Okay. Um, went back to college um, and did, did a uh, the two years studying and uh, again long story short um, started to work for the county for Hampshire um, in 96-97 as their disability sports development officer and that's kind of what I've been doing mm-hmm. ever since. Although I no longer work for the county I now work for a charitable trust in Southampton um, called Active Nation, whose mission it is, is to get um, the nation active. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm part of their active communities team okay. as their engagement um, coordinator. We have three programs, activity programs. It's all about targeting people who, uh, for whatever reason, it, it may be because of, uh, of an impairment, but it could be cultural barriers, it could be financial barriers. They're not active, and we've got these very flexible programs that we, we promote, um, to, you know, so that we can get as many people outside and doing, you know, not in out out of their homes. They can take this this stuff they can do do indoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, our our get active program is like uh, it's an upgrade on the old GP referral team, and it's health professional can refer refer you. Mm-hmm. You can refer yourself. Okay. And uh, you know you, you provide details of your, your medical condition, whatever. Um, and a tailor-made program, physical activity program, will be written down yeah. for you, and you have to sort of follow that through. After six weeks, someone will contact you and make sure everything's okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And if you know if going to gym is is what you need, then great. If um, Staying at home and doing some exercises at home, if that's what's best for you because of you know your your particular situation, mm-hmm. then that's the kind of program that can be written. Oh, but that sounds great. Written for you, so that sounds really good. So, so, I know we're not talking specifically about your um your work um mm-hmm. as as a job, but you know I'm really interested actually. So the the type of people that sign up, do they always do it on their own, or do they work in a team, or? Uh, within the program, mm-hmm. um, we, we we do have a have a team that's okay. there to support. So we have uh, an activities and workforce coordinator, um, and that that person is responsible for setting activities up, for getting coaches and instructors in. Wow. And they, you know, will, you know run activities yeah. specifically for you know individuals whatever needs they might they might have. I mean for example another one of our programs is called Active Ability. Okay. Which is targeting disabled adults. Yeah. Primarily those with learning difficulties. 
but we've also got wheelchair basketball, so rugby on our on our on our on our programme. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that whatever your position is, you can do you can do something. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about identifying what you you know, and it sounds a bit of a cliche these days. It's all about what you can do rather than what what you you know what you can't do. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right. I think, the, but the only reason I think is a cliche because people say it so often. But it Absolutely. is true. It is true. It, it's it's yeah. about it's about identifying those strengths and you know celebrating those strengths rather yeah. than thinking what you can't do, which yeah. is all the social model of disability is about anyway, isn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, an example I, I, I often use is, you know, football. You know, football is kicking a ball with your foot. Mm. Now, if your feet don't work or, you know, you can't see the ball, then your automatic assumption is you can't Top play place. football. Yeah. Well, really, it's something is, yes, you can. Yeah. Simply by uh, using different equipment, um, using different environments, you can you can still play mm. play football. I mean, uh, I don't know what the last count is, but there's using football again as an example. You got you got blind football, you got CP football, mm. you know, you got mm. amputee football, yeah. you got wheelchair football, yeah. and it's all again focusing on strengths of, yeah. the, of the individual you know players. Yeah. So, so you, Active Nation is it only in in Southampton or is it nationwide? It's nationwide. Okay. Uh, our, um, Main headquarters are up in Stratford. Yeah. Um, but we've got pockets of activity around the country, but the, by far our biggest pocket of activity is in is in Southampton. Okay. So yeah. Brilliant, excellent. Oh my God. I'm thinking after this, I'm going to sign up myself. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you know, afterwards, after we finish this podcast, you'll give me some details of where people can get, you know, to find out more, and if they have somebody they know that might want to get involved. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when I say when I say Southampton, we are um, branching out a little bit more now as well into into Winchester, Eastley, and New Forest. Yeah. So um, and you know. Today, Southampton, tomorrow, the world kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the plan is to, you know, just to spread the word and, and just let people know Excellent. About, more about what's going on. That sounds great. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question now, if you yeah. don't mind. Yeah. So, are there any challenges to the workplace and to your work environment that you mm. face due to your impairment? Uh, offices are quite quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, I use a wheelchair to... You know, to get around, it's, it's an open planned office, but there's, there's a few of us, and actually um, moving around the offices, um, it, you know, can be a bit difficult if everybody's in the office at, mm. at the same time. Uh, I use computer a lot. Um, as an engagement coordinator, I like to go out and meet people, talk to people, mm. but obviously I have to plan, yeah. and that sort of spends lots of time on the, on the computer, on the phone. However, I also have uh, an admin support lady, okay. lady called Hannah, who is basically there to make me look good. Because um, yeah. I can do all of this stuff, it, I, it does take me a lot longer to do it. And, yeah. and you know, Hannah is great at sort of setting meetings up, you know, organising me. I'm mm. the best organised person in the world, and Hannah is great at um, sort of sorting me, sorting me out mm. as well. Mm. I also use um, voice activated software okay. on my on my uh, on my computer. That certainly certainly helps, um, you know, as well. So yeah, you know, where where there's barriers, there's 
solutions. Absolutely, absolutely. So what, what kind of um, advice would you give to people about, um, about the solution in the office environment with lots of people in an office space? Um, speak to the individual mm-hmm. first of all, you know, find out what, what issues they have or what I, I found over the years is people tend to make assumptions yeah. you know, quite easily. You know, I, my own personal opinion is I think people will, will look at me and they'll subconsciously put themselves in my, in my position and now think, crikey, how would I do this if I, if I didn't have, you know, legs mm. or if I didn't have hands or whatever. Um, you know, hopefully that would never, obviously never, never happen, but speak to the individual, find out what they, what they can, mm. know, what, they, you know, what they can do. Mm and consult with them and just be as flexible, mm. you know, as you, you know. You so know, it might, I'm, I'm just thinking back specifically to what you mentioned a minute ago when you mentioned some of the challenges that you face in the work environment. Yeah, you yeah. talked about the office space. And I'm thinking, I suppose, a conversation that a manager has with a disabled person might mean that actually if you place my desk slightly at an angle, you put my chair a bit differently, or I can work in you know, the, the meeting room if it's free, yeah. or perhaps if I come in slightly earlier and finish slightly earlier, it makes a massive difference so that yeah. somebody can be set up to begin with. Um, and so it doesn't have to be you know, expensive, mm. you know, massive, like you know, office changing um, I think, changes, right. I think that, 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 that can be a barrier in itself. Mm. I think you know managers, employers can panic, yeah. thinking they can they could have this potentially this large bill that they've got to do because they've got to make all these all these alterations. Um, you know, and, and we're a chance, you know, charitable trust at the end of the day. But just by simple things, yeah. just consulting, if you say with the the individual. I mean, for example, I. I get around in my wheelchair, but I like to get into an office chair. Mm-hmm. It gives me better support. My back to where my desk is at the moment. I have got somewhere where I can park a wheelchair and transfer into a into an office mm-hmm. you know, into an office chair. Um, I think that's a massive assumption. You find it's a massive assumption that people make as well about being a wheelchair user. So you have to be in your wheelchair all the time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. People automatically think that, don't they? Mm. You know, I'm a. You often hear, hear the expression "wheelchair bound." Mm. Makes me makes me chuckle. Yep. Yeah. It makes you see. Yeah, that. it does. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, as if you're tied to the to the chain. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Not be parcel to a bit of bondage now. Again, <laughs> that's only on a Saturday night. Exactly. And, uh, that's another so podcast. I'll send in my colleagues for that <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. uh, brilliant. Thank you very much. And I mean, what you were saying about um, personal assistance helping you with all sorts of things as well. Mm. I think sometimes it can be an assumption that when you have a personal assistant as a disabled person, they're there for one reason and one reason only. Mm. But as you very well kind of demonstrated that actually somebody can be there for all sorts of things and personal assistants have all sorts of skills and attributes Mm. to their career qualifications that they can Mm. bring into the workplace to assist somebody as well. So it doesn't just have to be about the physical aspects. No, no, no. I mean, the the job description is basically you know admin support mm. um but also i need to go when i go to meetings she 
helps out getting the wheelchair in and out of the car. Yeah. You know, if I've got to carry um, books or if I've got to set up a presentation or something, you know, and it's there to help me to, you know, to do that. And the thing is as well, personalities help as well. We we clicked immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if, if, you've got, if you're going to have a working relationship, I think it's, it's good if you make that that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and, and, you know, it's all joking apart. Sometimes we, we're as good mates as we are colleagues, really. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we do get on, get on really well in that, you know, in that, in that respect. You know, I, you know, if she's got any, any issues, then I say, just let me know and, and we can talk it mm. through and, you know, vice versa. So it's, uh, I think having, having that, that connection, I think, yeah. is also, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so as well. And and kind of being able to communicate in that way, to be open mm. and honest with mm. each other and yeah, say, yeah. like, you can come to talk to me. But, you know, I suppose after a while you get to know somebody's personality as well. Yeah, so you yeah. can kind of tell when they're having a down day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so if you were going to give some advice to managers supporting a disabled person in the workplace, what mm. do you think it might be? I mean, I guess go sort of pick it up what we've you know, been saying. Mm -hmm. don't, don't make those, just don't make those assumptions. Yeah. You know, concentrate, concentrate again on the strength of the, of the individual. And obviously, that'll come through via via interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, there may be some some physical barriers, um, but focus on 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 the individual and what they can bring to you know to your organisation. You know, if you know there are you know, where, where the, their office is scheduled to be, if that's going to create a problem, then look at maybe sort of moving, moving things mm -hmm. and make, you know, make an effort to, you know, to find space for them because they can, you know, support your, your organisation in a, in a big way. And again, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. You know, I think so many people are worried about saying, saying the wrong thing. You know, I've, you know, when you um, you know, go to any disability equality or awareness training, very often the focus do a bit on terminology. Yep. And awareness, I think terminology is important mm -hmm. because it you know, helps you to understand the derivation of, of certain, certain words. I think it can also act as a barrier because people are worried they're going to say the wrong yep. thing, so they say nothing at yep. all. Absolutely. And so often as well, terminology changes quite, mm -hmm. you know, quite, you know, quite rapidly. I mean, um, you know, cer certain words, sort of twenty years ago, were, you know, were used, and nowadays, you know, often, you know, use just insults. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Spaz, yeah. mongrel, that, yeah. that, that, that kind of, that was accepted twenty-five years ago, whereas now, you know, not so much. Yeah, you wouldn't dare say uh, now. No, no, yeah. Exactly. Well, it was a spastic society, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just and it, and it, uh, well, whether it, I mean, I sometimes still get confused whether it's you know you're a disabled person, a person with a with a disability, you know that you know obviously the social absolutely. model of yeah. disability does help with that you know to you know, you know to an extent, but again, yeah, people just get worried they're going to say the wrong mm. thing. And what I say to people is that if you are, if you are that kind of person, chances are if you do say something out of place, 
that individual, they're not going to necessarily bite your head off. Yeah. They'll say, I'd prefer if you didn't use that. Yeah. You know, could you yeah. please use another, yeah. you know, use another term. Or understand the intention behind the yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at the same time, you're still going to... I was going to swear them. You know, you still get those people who have got... Who, who can be really rude and... But that's that's that society for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you will get people who mm-hmm. can just be blatantly rude in your face. But I think the majority of of people, if if you do say the wrong word, that you know, they'll say they'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. As you say, as long as they, they, they politically show the you know, you know, reasoning behind it, I think everyone's going to be pretty cool. Absolutely. In the last organisation I worked for, before setting up Celebrating Disability, I did a massive project on terminology. And it actually had a really um, kind of good response and loads of people wanted to get involved and wanted to be part of the debate within the organisation. And something that people were saying was, you know, people were coming up with, I hate it when I go into town and, you know, nothing to do with disability, but I hate it when I'm in the town centre and somebody walks past me and calls me love or babe. And so I think yeah, it's, I think it's a really it was a really helpful way of meeting it further than disability that actually terminology can affect everybody. But as you're saying, it's all you know it gets in the way sometimes. It creates a barrier in itself to people feeling confident around disabled people. So it's almost like something you need to know and then forget about again. But I think I mean just not you know within within the sort of disabled community, but. Um, people, you know, I know, I'm using the term there, babe. Mm-hmm. I mean, some women that they can feel as, as being degrading. Yeah. You know, sweetheart or whatever. You know, I'm not your sweetheart. Exactly. You know, yeah. And, you know, but the thing is, again, there's no, there's no intent yeah. of malice there at all. It's just, just happens to be afraid of, afraid of that person. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, and it can also do with, um, with where people come from and the culture of the town that they're brought up in or kind of the, the um, generation that they are brought up in and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My granddad called my granny hen and I'd never heard that anywhere else but my granddad saying it to my granny uh-huh. and it was the generation and where he came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's all those little things that as you say mm. don't mean anything bad so if you're saying the wrong thing somebody will tell you but as long as the intention's right. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to disabled people in the workplace? Hmm. Um, it's a good one. I mean, obviously not to not to give up. Um, yes, there are there are barriers barriers out there, um, and and pursue you know pursue your dream and and be be open to discussions with 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 managers. Mm-hmm. You know you know. If they're true to their word, they'll, they'll want you to be part of their part of their organisation. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so um, and there is there is a lot of support out there because I don't think people fully appreciate the kind of support there is out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's access to work, you know, which can you know, support individuals with whether it be getting getting a, an admin support person. Or whether they need specialist equipment, you know, someone to drive them around, or there is a lot of support out there for for people. And again, it's not always that easy to find, mm-hmm. um, but it but it is 
that it is is out there. And, and again, don't be don't be afraid to, to ask for help. Um, I I delivered a, a talk to to uh, to a conference once, and uh, you know I, I speak to someone afterwards, and you know and I said to you know I don't, there was a time as a youngster, very stubborn. You know I don't need your bloody help. Leave me alone. <laughs> As I've got older and hopefully a little bit wiser, I start to fully appreciate that we all need. Yeah. We all need help. It's not a sign of it's not a sign of weakness. You know, and whether it's someone, you know, to carry your books or whether it's someone to hold the door, but it's someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be, be in, in a wheelchair just to you know need need help. We all need mm-hmm. we all need help and, and yeah, I guess just to be aware that asking for help is not in fact, I think it's probably a sign of strength. Mm. You're confident within yourself, you know, to to, you know, to ask for to ask for help. So yeah. I think that's really good advice. And actually, a lot of the time, individuals when I'm training say to me, "You know, should I offer a disabled person a, ha- a hand?" So I think that's a really good. Um, insight into why you should always offer help to yeah. somebody because yeah. people are worried about offending people yeah, by asking them yeah, for help yeah. by saying would you like some help yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a really good insight into obviously why disabled people mm. should not mm. be worried about asking for help but also why people should not be concerned about offering yeah, help yeah, as well yeah, yeah. so thank you for that that was really useful um, we're just going to change tune a little bit so um, I want to talk to, uh, to you about you as a consumer. So a consumer when you're buying a product or a service mm-hmm. um, from a business or an organisation. So that could, well, as, as I said, a product or a service. So it could be something in the shop or something you buy online mm-hmm. or yeah. something you go to or anything. Yeah. So as a disabled person, what is your biggest challenge to buying a product or service? Well, the first one that immediately springs to mind is getting money out of my out of my wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate change, as, as in coins. I'm yeah. Not, I, don't, I, I mean, I embrace change. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But yeah, coins and that. Just really, to be clear. Really, really, you know, really, really fiddly. <laughs> and um, I mean, the, the, you know, there was a time when I would, you know, I, I'd be happy getting them sort of money out myself. Um, now it's becoming increasingly more difficult. Mm-hmm. Using my shoulders all the all the time, I'm starting to get a bit pain and discomfort in my shoulders. So fiddling around is is a bit uncomfortable. So um, sometimes, you know, I, I'll ask. You know, I suggest because I have a have a shoulder bag, so I keep my phone and my my, my wallet in, and I will say, "What well, do you want to?" Um, and I can take the money out of my bag and so actually some uh, initially, uh, initially comes to mind there that not everybody's comfortable doing that mm. Mm. Uh, you know you, you know you know completely strangers is asking you to take money out of there you know, they don't always sort of feel feel comfortable doing that I mean I'll go back to the same places often whether it be to you know to a supermarket to the pub to a chemist or whatever people have got to know me and you know that's fine but every time I go to a, to a new place a little, I, I am a little bit wary because I'm actually more com- you know worried about upsetting other people than making myself feel mm. uncomfortable because I 
I can kind of pick up on their yeah. on their vibes, and I, I don't like to make people feel feel uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, getting getting money out of my wallet is really difficult. I'm very grateful for the old you know contactless cards now. Me Doesn't too. Make life a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot easier. Although the downside of that to me is that I kind of lose track of how much money you spend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got forty quid in your in your, in your wallet and you spent twenty quid, then you've only got twenty quid left. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you use a card and you know, you swipe your card over the thing and you know, you think nothing nothing more. Yeah, exactly. It's just and after a couple of few weeks you think, Oh where did all that bloody money go? <laughs> so, um yeah, I mean doing doing stuff on, on online I guess is I'm I'm, I'm used to using a, a computer and so, so I want to ask you a couple of questions from that, if you don't mind. Mm. But going back to the coins for a second, mm. can you think of all the change? Not that you don't like organisational change, yeah. but it's the the physical yeah. coins. Yeah. Um, so, uh, is there any are there any solutions that you can think of for overcoming that? I mean, you said one of the things, a big thing that concerns you is other people feeling uncomfortable about yeah. helping you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. I sort of try to put people people at their at their ease, maybe make mm. a bit of a, bit of a joke or or whatever, just to get people to see that you know it's nothing to be scared mm. of if that's the right if that's even the right or right, right sort of term, you know, terminology, but just to get them to you know you know to relax and to get them to see it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to struggle with this, but um, yeah, I'm going to need your help. Yeah. Really to, you know, yeah. To, you know, to do that, and I always, you know, you know, because if 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 they don't, I, I will say, okay, let me watch, you know, what you're doing, you know, rather than, than yeah, taking the taking the wallet off me, yeah. going behind the desk <laughs> and then plunging through it, you know, you can actually see them. Yeah. So they'll they'll for example they'll take a note and they'll they'll count the change out in front of me, you know, that kind of you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that, again, that makes them feel. Yeah, because I I can I can identify with that as well. But I can imagine that quite a few of the disabled people that are listening can identify with that too, um, especially if they have limited dexterity mm-hmm. or they can't use their arms and hands for any reason. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's really useful advice, yeah. um, and really useful to hear from somebody else that that somebody else feels the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from the the person the shop person's point of view to know that actually it's okay to feel a bit nervous and that yeah. you'll help them through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, and the other bit I was going to ask you was about, you said you prefer online shopping because obviously that takes a lot of those issues away. Yeah, yeah. Are there any barriers that you find when you're trying to find something online? Um, sometimes I, 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 if I'm looking for something, something specific, I'm not using the right sort of buzzwords or the right kind of you know, words to, you know, I'll, Sometimes it's, it's difficult to actually look for something specific because mm. I'm not using the, the right kind of terminology. And of course, I guess you doing stuff off online, particularly using clothes as an example. You know, you don't get um, um, you know types to try the try the clothes on. Mm. I mean, actually, a good example example of that very very recently actually. Um, I bought myself um, these Bluetooth. Earpieces. Oh yeah. Um, 
and I ordered it and obviously came to the post and I, I was kind of aware of it beforehand but very much aware of it when it, when it finally arrived how I was getting the bloody thing in my ear sorry excuse my French um, we're, all, we're all adults like, if I was in, in the shop I would say okay if they got a whole range of them I'll, I'll be able to sort of try, try yeah. to use them see if I could you know I've done a lot of fiddling and, and fortunately yes I can I can get it get it into my ear mm-hmm. but obviously being in the shop you have that advantage you I would have had that advantage of trying it there and then. Mm-hmm. Actually, because I, I did go to one place, and this is kind of why I went online anyway. Because you can't buy, what you can't buy them in the shop anyway. Can't one, you? This one shop that I went to. Yeah. They, you know, you can't buy them across the counter. Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's a bit strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, like you said, I think that's a problem for quite a few people, and I think that's why things like Nadex are so popular because you get to try with somebody who actually understands the barriers that yeah. the people face mm. and it does make a difference um i don't know about you but i've sometimes been in a store and i said um when i used to buy back in the day when we had landlines and um, when i used to buy landlines i said oh, i would say can i just see it because i need to see whether i can hold it and yeah. put it on my lap and things like that and sometimes they'd be really confused and I'd have to really explain why. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot easier when the person serving you or the person supporting you is a bit more aware of yeah. barriers that people face in order to say, oh, this person tried this and this works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A bit like in a clothes shop when they, you know, when a um, personal shopper knows exactly what your size is. It just yeah. makes your life easier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like us to know? Um, I mean, I guess, you know, my own sort of personal crusade really is, you know, whoever you are, whether you use a wheelchair or you've got, you know, trouble getting around or you're just, just anyone out, just what the benefits of physical activity are. Mm-hmm. You know, physical activity is good for you physically, obviously, you know, it gets you, you know, physically fit, but also often gets mis- missed out if it's all the um, psychological and emotional benefits of it, you know, you do, doing a sport or a physical activity quite often you're with other people. Yeah. Uh, you become part of a part of a community. You know, do you start to you start you're doing a sport or an activity sort of long enough and you start to achieve, you know, it helps you with self confidence. You know, you start doing things you, you never thought you could do before. You know how it can really Mm-hmm. It can really, really help, and and there, there literally is. I'm a firm believer there's something for everybody. I mean, obviously, you know, even people who've got, you know, heart conditions or, or lung conditions, and they can't can't do, um, you know, they, I think physical activity is going to be too difficult. You can do low level mm-hmm. stuff, you know, just just moving around and doing doing stuff. I think it can. You can you can benefit from it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of as it's you know, it's kind of got me where you know where I am today. I mean, I was in, encouraged into into swimming to, to help me with my independence. You know, yes, it took me to to a couple of Paralympics, but that certainly wasn't the goal. First time I got into a swimming pool, you know, swimming is good all round. Yeah. Exercise and it, you know, I am. I am independent. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my own, my own place, my own car, my own job. You know, I 
don't like to be reliant mm-hmm. on other other people. Yes, I like I was saying earlier, I I do accept. I I need help. Um, we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't. You know, if I'm out and about, I like to think, I've, you know, something goes wrong, I can. I can manage. Cope. Yeah, yeah. But if it does become too severe an issue, then I'm not afraid to ask for help either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, there's, there's something for, for everyone. And, and there's enough people out there now, and I think um, 2012 did wonders for this. You know, just uh, you know, there's enough expertise out there that yeah. whatever activity you want to do, there's enough expertise out there that they can adapt the activity. Because all, all disability sport in inverted com- commas is, is adapted sport. Yeah. Adapting the rules, of, you know the equipment, the environment. You, you know, that you, you, you know, you participate. Mm-hmm. And there's something out there for, you know, for everyone, really. Brilliant. So Thank um, you so much. And as I said, you know, we'll put links to this on um on the um on the subscription bit of the of the podcast, and we'll put it on the website. And when we put out on social media we'll have links to you and Active Nation yeah, as well yeah, so yeah, people yeah. know what to do to kind of find out more information mm, yeah, yeah. thank you so much for your time today My Peter, I really pleasure. enjoyed talking to you thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Part of Me the Celebrating Disability podcast for further information on any of the topics raised or to share your own experiences please do get in touch by emailing se.hardy at celebratingdisability.co.uk or calling 01256 578 016 or you can also find more information at celebratingdisability.co.uk.